welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 109. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilil Springer. This week on the show, we're looking back at what's been going on in March. We'll be discussing our latest feature releases, bits from my Thrive Session workshop, along with some discussions around blogs and podcast episodes released this month. As usual, we'll wrap up the show with what you can expect in the coming 30 days. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salons, business, and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. Freshly back from Seattle with a sunburn and a cold. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say because we've been talking about this for so long at the end of the show is that now it's finally happened and not going to lie, you don't look the best at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. You were not supposed to say that. (laughs) People can't see that. (laughs) You're not as fresh looking as I'd hope after coming back from a session because you were presenting at it. I was, yeah. I was hosting a workshop on both days of Thrive. So it was over lunch break. So very, very grateful for anyone who attended that those two sessions because they actually dedicated their lunch to come and listen to me talk. Um, so yeah, it was touching upon photography concepts and techniques. So the, the workshop was called Lights, Camera, Post, Basic Photography Skills for a Standout Portfolio. So it was all about, you know, building that social media presence and capturing better photos to build your portfolio and then tools that Forrest is developing uh, at the moment to help you build that presence online on Instagram particularly. So it's uh, very interesting. I will actually touch upon a few of the concepts if you're up for it, sure. Go for it. Let's see. Right. The session kicked off with the one question that I get asked the most often. Should I get a DSLR camera or can I take good photos on my phone? The answer to that question is... Whatever the gear you have, photography is all about being creative and it's all about, you know, exploring what you can do with what you have. Because at the end of the day, I mean, phones now, um, like there's one company that just came out with this this piece of hardware, you know, for their cameras integrated to their phones that you can now shoot astronomy with, which is absolutely incredible. And no one would have ever thought you could do that, say, even just five years ago. So DSLRs are great because you can shoot raw. Uh, which is a concept that I explained in in that workshop, which is literally a non-compressed format for your photos. So it's great for that. But if you don't want or you can't invest in a DSLR, it's not going to cause you to not get good shots. It's just how you use your equipment, really, and how you take advantage of the lighting that you have. Or if you don't have good lighting, how you can bring in some extra lighting, like those little uh, round lights that most salons have now, uh, like selfie stations and stuff. Yeah, where it's like a circular glow around you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Yeah. So it really. One right beside me here in the studio. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, (laughs) most people would have those now because they're actually quite cheap to purchase. Uh, So, yeah, you don't necessarily have to invest in a DSLR. Sometimes a phone can do just as well, but it really depends on how and what you want to do with your photos, right? So that was the first question I tackled. Then I went into three photography concepts and techniques. The first one being the rule of thirds. And that's probably one of my favorite ones, to be honest, because it's essentially picture a rectangular image, right? Picture a rectangular photo. The idea is that you take that image and you split it into thirds, vertical and horizontal. So you get like this kind of grid. Because opposite to what you can think, human brains actually don't go straight to a center of an image. Like your eyes won't necessarily flick straight to the center. They'll go to those intersection points. 
And that's why most photographers will use that concept to create a better composition. And even if you look at, say, magazine covers and stuff like that, and you put that imaginary grid on it, you'll see that the most important things on the magazine, say, you know, the first big title, or maybe there's a portrait and you'll see the the girl's eyes and makeup and whatever, they'll tend to be on those intersection points. It's a grid to help you compose your image in a way that will help your viewer get straight to what you want them to see. So that was the first concept that I talked about. And then I went into depth of field. Depth of field is a concept that when you look at an image, you'll often have a part of it that's blurry and a part of it that's really sharply in focus, right? So there's deep depth of field and shallow depth of field. Shallow depth of field is when most of your image is blurry. A lot of those would be, you know, product shots. When someone's holding a product and you see that bottle in like crisp, sharp focus and the rest is kind of all blurry around it. It helps the viewer really identify what you want them to see. On the flip side, deeper depth of field is when most of your your image is in focus and you'd have a little bit of blurred maybe at the very, very back. So say, for instance, if you're at an event or, or if you're in the salon and you have a few therapists or stylists working on, on something, you would have most of them in sharp focus. And then maybe at the back, you know, the window of the salon kind of a bit more blurry. So that's the idea of depth of field. And it's really interesting to play with it when you're creating your images, because that's how you can really get your viewers to see what, what you want them to see without even having to properly write a caption for it. Like you will also write a caption, but their instincts are naturally going to go to what you want them to see. The final technique that I was talking about at Thrive was the idea of white balance. So one of the best examples for that is, uh, and it's very relatable to the hair industry actually, is when you have a client sitting in your chair and you, they, you know, you've done a blonde, they wanted a blonde, they wanted like platinum or like really white blonde, right? And they're like, I still see yellow. And it's the most frustrating thing, right? But in most times, it's just because of the lighting. It's the same thing for photography. So if you're inside, you know a t-shirt is white, you go outside, you know the t-shirt is white. Our brains can naturally adapt to recognizing the colors. However, because a DSLR or a phone has to emulate that process, it's not always as accurate. So often you'll have a bit of a tint in color on your image based on whatever lighting you're in. So for instance, if you have a neon lighting, you might get something really like kind of coldish, like think hospital, right? Uh, if you're in broad daylight and it's really sunny, you might get more of a warmth color there. So a bit of more of a yellow. Um, so I was talking about color temperature and stuff like that and how to readjust and how to play with white balance to get your pictures to come as close as possible to normal, I suppose, reality color. Because at the end of the day, when you are posting on Instagram, your hairstyles or your makeup or this or that, any, any of your work, you know that they're going to come back to you and say, I want this, this is awesome. But if your color's off and it doesn't really represent the truth, they're going to have mad expectations that you can't actually fulfill. So the white balance there is super important. And that was kind of the three main photography techniques and concepts I was talking about at Thrive. And I'm always open to chats. I am available for any kind of questions. You can always hit us up on, on forestfm at forest.com. I'm happy to answer any of those questions. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun session, two days in a row. And uh, now I'm back here in Montreal talking to you, doing the podcast. It's so much fun. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking, just sitting here listening to you. I think we probably need to do a podcast episode just on that alone. I know we've covered a, a blog that you did a while back, well, it was probably over a year now at this stage, and now you've done a workshop. So uh, yeah, I think there's definitely cause for getting, uh, I suppose, a photography episode out here now. For sure, yeah. I was also thinking about writing a blog on the session, um, so on the photography concepts from the session. I got loads of really good questions coming from those workshops, so I, I think there's definitely something to do with that. Especially the industry we're in, like being able to, I suppose, not even master, but just to be able to get to grips with using the phone or the DSLR like you have there. Just learning these concepts is going to make drastic changes to your product shots, to your before and after pictures. It's just the content you're going to put up is going to change so much. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes I got asked a lot, you know, what about if I take the photos and then also my stylist take the photos and they don't necessarily know how to either. And I was like, well, I don't know. There's loads of options for that. You can even make a team activity out of it. You get a photographer in maybe for half a day or a day and you get models in for the day and you do a, a, a cutting technique or something like that. And you make everyone learn how to take good shots. And then you have new photos for Instagram, for Facebook. And then you also are teaching them how to take good shots. So it could be a fun activity. Yeah, you're, you're going to have your own catalog and you'll never have to rely on <laughs> what was it, those royalty free images yeah. that, that you see online or um, just ones that just aren't realistic. Mm -hmm. So I suppose moving on then from there, in the blurb there, we were talking about feature releases and I think uh, you're pretty keen on talking about SMS rebooking. Yeah, we've quite a bit of content to cover here today, but we've had two big feature launches this month, uh, this month being March, of course. And the first one we have is the predictive SMS rebooking feature. So for anyone that listened to an episode, I think it was episode 106 or something like that. It's, it's, I believe uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's a few with weeks. With Ronan and Nula. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, with Ronan and Nula. So what is the SMS rebooking feature? Well, we spent the last year analyzing data and coming up with an intelligent algorithm that can not only identify when your client is ready to rebook, but also send them a message just before that moment. So for anyone out there that is a client of Forrest, you're probably thinking, well, is it not like, client reconnect. No, because basically what this does is this takes the rebooking process to a whole new level for both your clients and your salon. So I suppose the best way to explain what it is, we'll put it into a scenario. So imagine this, just as your client is thinking they need to go back to the salon, a text or back to your salon, a text with a link allowing them to book in pops up on their phone. So basically it's almost like predicting when they're about to rebook with your salon. It's been hugely increasing the rebooking percentages. And I just wanted to recap some notes that Nula did have from that episode. Um, basically, imagine this. If your client walking out the door already has a future appointment in your system, there's a 71% chance that they'll still be your client in six months. If they don't have that future appointment booked in, then the likelihood drops to 35%. It's mental like. And then the second one she has here is if you take a client who's visited your salon 60 times, on average, the increase between what I'm going to pay during my first five visits and my last five is five times more than the increase for a client who has only visited the salon 20 times. So basically what she's saying here is the longer you stay, the more they pay. I have no hard time believing that. 
Well, it makes sense. Like it does, because I mean, you do build that relationship with your stylist or your, you know, your therapist. You get to well, if you're anything like me, anyways, and and if the salon you're going to does a lot of education around retail, you'll get more confident and trusting in them and you'll buy more products and you know you'll just come back more often i used to go to get my haircut i want to say what maybe once every month if not once every second month and now it's nearly every second week or third week so yeah but just think about it i suppose put yourself in in your client's shoes if you're a salon shifter you don't have that trust so if you're moving from salon to salon to salon how much are you going to trust a person that's doing treatments with you because you you don't really know them? You, you've, you're taking a gamble by going to them in the first place. And then after two or three visits, you're still kind of, um, I might just kind of get the basic treatments for now. But over time, you start building that confidence in them, you build that trust, and then you're start go- going to start getting more treatments. And like you said, if you're really good at educating me on products, I'm going to spend on products as well on top of that. Yeah, no, that's that's great that we have data for that. I mean, this throws me every single time that we have stats like these. I'm like, wow, but they all do make so much sense. Yeah, Nula does love her data. <laughs> <laughs> she does, yeah. <laughs> and then what's the second uh, big feature that we released? Yeah, so the second one we released, and we're going to talk about a webinar we're hosting for this near the end of the show, so hold on, is the fallback SMS. For anyone that's been using our new email editor, you probably know... I mean, like, again, I don't have the stats here, but talking to Nula, we know that for most salon owners, email is the primary form of marketing channel outside of uh, social media, of course. So imagine you've put all this effort into building the perfect email campaign. You've picked, you've sourced all your images, updated all the information, added your links, and then you send the email and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. You don't really know the impact of that email. But also, you don't know how many of your clients have received that email. So based on our research, on average, our clients only have email addresses for 30% of their clients, which means that every time you send an email campaign, you're missing out on roughly 70% of your clients. 70% of your clients are probably not going to see that email. That's the equivalent of filling three jumbo jets of clients that will never receive your email campaign. That is absolutely insane. (laughs) Yeah, so like there's more figures there. So I suppose... The fallback SMS is going to tackle that problem by helping you to reach 100 of your clients. How is it going to do that? So you've created your email and just before you click send, you'll go to this screen and the screen will tell you 70 of your clients won't see this email or 70% of your clients won't see this email. Why is that? Because you only have 30% of the email addresses where you'd have 70% of those phone numbers because every time someone comes in as a walk-in, it's the phone number you're going to take. Now, if you are a high online booker, then you will have a lot of email addresses. But this is where the SMS comes in for the people that don't have those, haven't given you their email addresses. What it does is it takes a link that goes to that email. So it nearly turns your email into like a small little web page and it puts that link into an SMS and you can compose the SMS from there. So now you're sending an email and you're sending a fallback SMS to reach everyone that won't get that email, which now means 100% of the clients that you're trying to target because we know everyone should be segmenting their lists anyway and not just blasting all of their d- database, obviously, for successful marketing. But it means you're, you're now reaching 100% of the clients that you're targeting. And they all see that email because the link in your SMS will take you to that email. So now you're not wasting any time putting together this amazing campaign. 
Yeah, no, it's great. And that's just a starting point of the updates to the new email editor because in next month's roundup, we're going to have even more. Like the guys are doing some great work on this new email editor and I can't wait to talk about that now at the end of April too. Yeah, we'll be back with uh, with more information on that. In terms of the blogs, we have two uh, that I want to discuss today. One was on International Women's Day, and it was three female bosses from the salon industry discuss leadership. That was the title. It was written by Avril Keeley, who's a member of the front of house first impression team in Forest. And um, she's combined, you know, her love of writing with customer service skills to create content. So she interviewed Sam Pierce, who we've had on the show before. She's the director of the garden theme spot, The Potting Shed in the UK. Michaela Blissett-Williams, the CEO of multi-branch hair salon, Salon 718 in Brooklyn, in New York. And Penny Bennett, owner of Sitting Pretty Skin Center and Beauty Salon, also in the UK. The questions were all about, you know, how and why did you become a salon owner? What does it mean to be a leader to you? Uh, what keeps you passionate? What does being part of the salon industry mean to you? Uh, and what advice would you give to aspiring female leaders both in and out of the industry? So very interesting answers we got there. Lovely article, lovely interviews. It was awesome because it was literally released on the day of uh, International Women's Day. So then the second blog that we'll chat about briefly here is top 10 rules for creating an efficient salon staff rota. And that one was written by Valerie Del Forge, who surely you would know by now because she writes for us uh, pretty much every month. And the main points of this was that, you know, rotas can be really complicated and can be a proper headache for salon owners to create. And I mean, it's not hard to understand why. And the issue is that there's no one solution fits all for you know, for creating those. So she listed the top 10 rules for creating an efficient rota based on what your salon needs. And I'm just going to list them off here. You can go and check it out on the blog. Both are there um, on force.com forward slash blog. Rule number one, know your costs. Number two, know your room and chair occupancy. Three, look into your staff occupancy. Four, analyze your day's occupancy. Five, cater for your hourly customer demands. Six, check in with your staff. What does their ideal schedule look like? Seven, getting the part-time versus full-time balance right. Eight, analyzing your Sunday business. Nine, figuring out your own rota, as, like, as in you, the salon owner. And 10, considering a four-day week rota for full-time staff. So very interesting article there again. It's all about knowing your numbers, knowing your figures, knowing what works for your salon and what doesn't. And when I say salon, obviously salon, spa, uh, any of you in the hair and beauty industry. Uh, so yeah, very good articles this month. Like I said, three female bosses from the salon industry discuss leadership by Avril Keeley. And top 10 rules for creating an efficient salon staff rota by Valerie Delforge. And that brings us on then to our podcast. So we have two podcasts to talk about here today. The first one is episode 107 with Steve Gomez on listening to what your salon's numbers are telling you and coaching accordingly. So as a coach, Steve Gomez supports salon professionals to create breakthrough results when it comes to growing their sales, client base and profits. To do this, he's committed to helping the industry recognize that how you view yourself and your business more often than not dictates personal and professional results. He joined us to discuss interdependent leadership and how to put emotions aside to coach based on data-backed decisions. So there's a few sound bites that's always going to play here for you now. 
the more involved you get somebody, the more you challenge somebody to think about what's happening before just acting. Instead of having a good soldier that's gonna go do something that you told them to do, you have somebody who is a thought leader. So now you have a group of leaders who are moving in that direction. You don't have to go faster to get there. You have to start by understanding what's occurring, what you have to work with, who you're working with, and then how you want to go from there. What's the defining moment going to be for anybody listening to this when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you know you have to shift and make a change? Sometimes you have to take a leap and grow your wings on the way down and get uncomfortable and, and, and face these things. It starts with the way you think. Anything can be overcome. How do you want to grow as an artist? How do you want to express yourself creatively this year as a hairdresser? How do you want to be better in that way? How do you want to be better as a communicator? What do you want to do in your personal life? And what does working here mean to that? If I can take the time as a leader to get those questions answered, then I know the hot buttons of my team so that when somebody is underperforming or struggling, I can remind them of their why. And I can put my foot on their butt and push them when they need it. To me, that's where goal setting must begin first. And then episode 108 last week was with Ryan Power, who is a salon coach based in the UK. And it was using the blurred lines between personal and business personas as a marketing advantage. I know you love that one, Killian. Yeah, it was a good one. We felt it was the right time to cover the topic because just as the World Wide Web celebrates its 30th birthday, and we're becoming a, a lot more aware of kind of like online privacy and just some recent scandals to uh, that people probably remember, uh, like the Fire Festival documentary on Netflix, you know, the yeah, whole influencers and, and promoting. Yeah. And then we had that little incident with Mark Zuckerberg there a couple of months <laughs> ago. Yeah. So um, like in reality, the lines between online personal and professional personas have never been so blurred and it's causing a lot of headaches in the, in the entrepreneurial world. So in this episode, we're joined by UK-based beauty business superstars coach, speaker and author Ryan Power. He's also a day spa owner himself, so knows firsthand how to fill the diary columns. And in this episode, he helped us decipher the blurred lines. A uh, little interesting bit that I really enjoyed about it was he is like an advocate for making all of your social accounts public, like not hiding anything about yourself, not making any of your accounts private. Then there's you and I believe you have half of your accounts kind of public and half of them private. Am I right? Yeah, kind of. My Instagram is like half work, half personal. My LinkedIn is obviously public and then my Facebook, I just don't really use at all. Yeah. And, and then there's me where everything is just on absolute lockdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I've just, I've, I was kind of even though I'm, what, 27, I was kind of old school on it. And it's kind of taken me a bit longer to come around to the fact of who cares if they see everything that you put up. So uh, really interesting one. As a side note, I did finally make my Instagram public. Did you? Look at you. <laughs> I, I did, yeah. So shameless plug there. If you want to find me, it's Killian underscore Vina on Instagram. Promote Forest a lot, promote Forest FM a lot. And a lot of hikes and runs if you want to check them out. But um, yeah, I, I suppose this episode is really focused on deciphering the blurred lines between personal and professional social media profiles and how you can use that to your advantage in marketing as a small business owner. Yeah, so we'll play a few clips here. I think now actually it will be harder to try and remain anonymous as a business owner than it would um, to actually put yourself out there. If a clients really want to find you personally, they're going to find you. One of the funny things is that 
business owners, even if they don't view it as this, they are in many ways, in the eyes of some of their clients, they are minor celebrities. And I don't care how minor they think they are, but if you're famous to a few people, i.e. your clients, then you are a very minor celebrity. So you might as well embrace that and welcome them in and also use it to your advantage by actually building a bit of a relationship with them. But as long as your personal profile isn't just promoting your business, then I think that generally you're gonna be okay. What I would recommend is that you just kind of go and hang out casually in whatever groups you think your dream client is also hanging out in. If you're going into the groups with the intention of just trying to get clients or make some money somehow out of it, then you're probably gonna come away disappointed. But if you go in with the attitude of, I just wanna offer some help, and I just wanna try and be as helpful as I possibly can, then uh, those clients will find you the other way, you know, afterwards. So that brings us on to the second half of the show. We've a couple of webinars, a couple of sessions, and one big campaign that Zoe's going to talk about now. Yeah, I was actually on an Instagram live about what a week and a half ago with Paige, who heads up all social media content for Forrest. It was 30 Days to Grow. 30 Days to Grow is a campaign that we run every year. Uh, well, the first year was in July, but now we've been running it uh, in April. And it's all about getting your business to grow with small bite-sized tasks every day for 30 days. Pretty self-explanatory, I suppose, with 30 days to grow as the name. But um, we change up the content a bit every year. Say like last year we had week one was focused on customer service. Say week two was on retail. This year we've changed it up a bit where we have themed days of the week. So Monday is going to be management Monday, Tuesday marketing task, Wednesday a wild card, Thursday a retail target, Friday eco-friendly task, Saturday, Sunday, customer service, and then social media. So the campaign came from the idea that the industry was facing a deep discounting culture. And this is what we've come up with to help salon and spa owners all around the world, clients or non-clients, face this issue and grow their business over the course of 30 days. I think it's an amazing campaign and it's just so happy to see it run for its third consecutive year because usually campaigns come about and they disappear just as quick. But like the take up for this has been unbelievable. Um, I was just looking at the Facebook page there earlier. What's it? It's uh, hashtag let's grow the salon owners tool to grow in their business. And it now has 1700 members like that. That's insane. That's so many people all getting on board this initiative. And this year we have a theme as well, don't we? It's all about getting salons to work in together, planning and implementing the challenges. Yeah, it's all about teamwork and coming together uh, from a unified front, I suppose, uh, because that's that's what's going to help you grow in the long run. And, you know, we've noticed that with these challenges, um, you know, 30 Days to Grow, first edition, second edition, one of the main feedback that we were getting was that salon owners all around the world were discovering new things about their staff that they didn't know that they could do. I remember we, when we had an interview, we were chatting to Katrina Sutherland last year and she was saying, I didn't know that this one of my staff members, she's absolutely fantastic at retail and she loves it. And she had no idea or like visual merchandising. It happened the year before, I think it was with social media. So it's a great way to get to know your team better learn how to delegate better as well, because it's very important in the industry. You can't take everything up on your shoulders. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's an awesome challenge. It runs for 30 days. It starts April 1st. We're hoping to see you on board. You don't have to, like if you miss 
the first, you know, the very first day of the challenge, you can still sign up. It's entirely free. You do not need to have software to participate. You can be on pen and paper even. Um, you don't have to obviously be a forest client. And uh, yeah, we're, we're here to support you through all of the 30 days with that Facebook group, with emails. Uh, we're always at a touch of a button, really. We just want to see you guys grow and see you have fun with it as well, because that's the most important part of it, you know, having fun while growing your business. Do you know what I loved most about it? And well, first off, we actually learned a lot about our clients because when we did the initial feedback from the first one, the amount of feedback we received to help us improve the campaigns was yeah. it was brilliant. But I love going into the Facebook group and watching salon owners helping each other oh, yeah. and encouraging each other with their posts. It just creates this amazing discussion and it's something that is definitely worth getting involved in because believe it or not, everyone is going through the same struggles. So it's, it's great to be able to go in there and first off, learn from other people who've gone through the same things you have. But secondly, to be able to help someone else get through those problems. It's just another way, I suppose, maybe an easier way for some people to network. You know, when you go to events and sometimes it's like intimidating because you're face to face with people and you have to properly meet them. And it's just if you're a bit of an introvert, say like me, it, it just causes a lot of stress. This is all online. You can make friends and you can like still engage with these people after the challenge and in the Facebook groups and online. And it's just it's just fantastic, to be honest. Like it's an amazing community. We had people turn up to the Salon Owner Summit this year who met through that group, who took the yeah. relationship offline yeah. and organized to go to it together because quite a few people, like we, it is a mix of people go, coming to the Salon Owner Summit with teams, but there are still quite a few people who turn up on their own and they use that as a tool to meet people. Yeah, no, it's great. So if you're interested in joining the challenge this year, the website to sign up is www. 30days2 the number grow.com we'll be happy to see you on board and see it kick off in just a few days cool so let's move on to i suppose i was going to say the webinars i'm thinking two years ago when we used to go, here's the webinars, but we only actually have one webinar announcement and it's the first time we've announced a webinar in quite a while. But this one is a forest clients only webinar because it's focused around a new forest feature that we were talking about earlier, the fallback SMS. And it's going to be with Andrea Kane and Rachel McAdam. Andrea Kane is our grown marketing advisor here at Forest and Rachel McAdam is an online forest trainer. So a lot of you have probably already spoken to both of these people. So you'll be quite familiar and comfortable with them already. It's a 30 minute webinar where they'll explore Forest's newest feature fallback SMS, why it's a sell on must and how it works perfectly with our new email editor. So by the end of this 30 minute webinar, you should be able to identify why you aren't reaching as many clients as you think, understand how fallback SMS complements email marketing, create an email campaign with our new email editor, especially for anyone who hasn't used it before. And finally, by the end of the webinar, you'll be able to execute your next email campaign and reach more clients with fallback SMS. So we have three dates for this in April. We've April the 3rd at 2 p.m. Irish time or GMT. We've April the 8th at 2 p.m. GMT. And we've April 15th at 2 p.m. GMT. Perfect. So if uh, you are a forest client and you want to attend these webinars, how do you sign up for these? So a campaign has just gone out to all of our clients on Friday it went out. We've already had a good uptake. You can email either training at forest.com 
or grow at forest.com to get yourself set up there. Alternatively, you could just call us. Um, everyone knows about the fallback SMS webinars. Just call us up here at Forest and we'll put you through ourselves. Perfect. And I suppose that leads us into our last two things on uh, for this episode. The Salon Mentorship Hub, which is, uh, if you haven't heard about it, is a place to connect. So whether you're struggling with retail, staff management, uh, customer service, any kind of thing that can relate to uh, running a business, running your salon or your spa efficiently, we've teamed up with coaches and consultants that we trust around the world to help you get unstuck and remove the fear from asking for help. So all you have to do is uh, go to the Salon Mentorship Hub website, which we have a link in the show notes for, and you choose who you'd like to connect with and on what topic. Once that's done, you check your emails and you book yourself in for a date and time that suits for uh, your free 15 to 30 minute consultation with the coach or consultant. From there, we'll take care of the rest. You'll have all the information coming to you. Uh, some of the consultants that we have currently on the website are Valerie Delforge, Susan Routledge, Danielle. Boucher, Richard McCabe, Phil Jackson, Jennifer Swain, Gloria Murray, David and Nicole Barnett, Stefania Rossi, and Katie Laundes. So all of these coaches are based either in the UK, the US, Ireland, Australia. So, you know, even time zone wise, you're sure to um, have something that works with your schedule. And the very last thing that I want to mention before we wrap up the show today is the Salon Owners Summit Roadshow, which is coming to Chicago. So the Salon Owners Summit leaving Dublin for the very first time, going to Chicago on April 15th. That's a Monday and it's from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., followed by a drinks and networking reception. It's at the Dalsey at Alba in Chicago. Some of the announced speakers are Scott Buchanan, Stephanie Jackson, Jay Williams, who we had on the show just recently, Neil Dukoff, Marlo Boyle, Heather Yurko, who was also speaking at the Salon Owner Summit this January in Dublin, and Anne Bray, who is our latest announced speaker. If you want more information on this event or you want to actually just buy a ticket straight away, you can head over to salonownersummit.com forward slash Chicago. And well, that's all we've got for this week, guys. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.